Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the undercard, and yeah. if we start off with UFC 189, you'd all tune out. Um, plus, um, the tough, you know, obviously the cards aren't as strong as um, an event like Conor vs. Mendes, so it'll be just a quick wrap-up of that one. It was on the Sunday Sunday night or Monday morning here, so... Yeah, well, yeah, we'll do our intros. Uh, my name's Josh. I'm Brenton. And uh, Heath will be joining us a little bit later for the main card. He, he doesn't do the small-time shit. Yeah, he's a, he's expensive. Yeah. Costs yeah. a lot of money per hour. Yeah. The only one of real interest was Josh Salmon, who's a tough alumni as well, um, taking on Carl Magalhaes. Well, yeah, anyone who's been around BJJ knows the Magalhaes name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can just tell if they don't by how they pronounce it. Yeah. Or or just give up. Yeah. Magalhaes. Magalhaes. So, yeah, Josh Salmon got rear naked choke on Carl Magalhaes. On to the main card. Uh, Massimo Blanco. Um, from what I recall from learning tiny bits of Latin from a Catholic primary school. That means Great White. So why his nickname is Maxi, I have no idea. It should be Shark, surely. Oh, really? If your name is Maximo Blanco, Great White, then how's your nickname not Shark? He actually got away with a win, which is pretty good. Um, Next up, we had Michelle Waterson, the karate hottie, making a UFC debut after dropping the Invicta title to... Um, Herica, Herica Tiburcio, Tiburcio, Tiburcio. Yeah. Anyway, um, she fought Angela Magana in this fight. Angela being a tough alumni as well from the all-female Ultimate Fighter series. Magana, her nickname is Your Majesty. Yeah. Um, there's not much majestic about her. Yeah, and I mean, she looks a bit inbred, which is consistent with most monarchies. So, Magana was, yeah, um, she needed a win, this one. Uh, her record in recent times isn't very good. That's uh, fourth loss in a row. Um, second for UFC in a second row. Second in the UFC, and that's coming out of Ultimate Fighter, where I think she lost twice. Oh, no, yeah. once she lost in there, yeah. So, you'd have to think she might be done. And look, if they had a, a tag team option, her and Beck Rawlings are, you know, best mates. They'd, they'd, into uh, it. they'd get right there. Yeah. Because uh, we were saying we were watching it. She's got... Perfect skin, perfect teeth, and yep. so cutesy yeah. that uh, she seems like the sort of girl that um, more at home at Comic-Con than at yeah. UFC. But, you know, she brings the smash. Bloody hell. You just look at the size of her thighs. Like, they do damage. Yeah. And you've seen that photo of she put up online. It was a while ago now of her standing on one foot, holding her toes on the other leg, which is above her head, taking a selfie. Yeah. So, uh, quite talented in... Um, I think she... Well, she's karate, but I think she's done a bit of judo and that sort of stuff as well. Um, good on the ground as well. And that's one thing I noticed in the Invicta fights that she had. Her hip flexibility is spectacular. And I mean yeah. that in terms of jiu-jitsu and in general. 
because she's able to uh, from guard just go to a triangle or an armbar so quickly because her, yeah. her she can fold herself in fucking half. She got no, you wouldn't say deep waters, but she definitely had some situations where she had a lot to think about. Well, I think it was in the first uh, couple of minutes. Uh, Magania had her in an armbar and it looked yeah. pretty deep. Yeah, I think she was able to just get uh, a little bit of the elbow into the gooch and uh, protect a little bit and twist it a little. Yeah, so it wasn't quite pure, but uh, Magania could could have finished that. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it came after a pretty nice takedown from the karate hottie as well. She had a nice little hip toss there, I think it was. Her takedowns were spectacular. Yeah. She did the um, head arm trap hip yeah, toss. a couple of times. A couple of times, and it, it was committed. And I was glad to see she wasn't trying to lock in a bulldog choke either. Because I was like a sick, <laughs> sick of trying to pull that shit. And in the second one, she did well to maintain her balance and keep her hips low on the ground so that she didn't um, get rolled afterwards. Um, and I thought she was really patient in defending the arm bar as well and really thought about what she was doing put the leg over the head tried to consolidate that position while making sure the elbow wasn't um, locked too far deep yeah both the girls defended the arm bars really well especially uh, I think Watterson had Magania in a belly down arm bar a couple of times yeah yeah. and way to get out of that is obviously to throw the leg over the other person so you can Mm. bring not in the Brock Lesnar way no but so you can bring your shoulder back a bit. And she was able to do that. She was able to just get that elbow out of there. And- yeah. And listen, it was just patience. It's a game of centimeters. Just slowly, just, you know, make sure you're in a position and then you can explode. And I think she did. She ended up um, turning it over into mount, I believe. Yeah. She moves so well. Um, yeah. Michelle Watterson. Her ability to transition, which is the yeah. hardest. Yeah. No matter what martial art you do, uh, if it involves grappling, the transitions are where yeah. it's won or lost. And um, I think that's because it's not something you can sort of consciously think about because if you consciously think about it, you're already a yeah, step behind. Absolutely. It has to be just trained and be flowing with the going. Yeah, like I can show anyone how to do a Kimura. Yeah. But to get to the Kimura yeah. yep. from position X, that's that's the trick. And it's the, the timing, it's the uh, feel and the reaction. Yeah. Because like you said, as soon as you think about it, it's done. Yeah. And you were saying like before the fight started that you got to watch out for um, Watterson's guard as well. She's got yeah. a very strong guard, very active guard. And she showed yeah. that as well. It looked like that um, Magana did sort of the same kind of things in, when she was in guard. When, oh, sorry, when she had Watterson in guard. But Watterson was much more polished. Just little, just finishing little techniques, like knees squeezed together a lot tighter when she was trying to sink in the armbar. Just little things like that, just to make it more solid. And also, I thought there were a few interesting choices that Magana made. Like, she went to lockdown a couple of times. Yeah. And- Lockdown is fine. You know, if you don't know what lockdown is... Give Eddie Bravo. Yeah. But lockdown is pretty much when... Um, in a mounted half guard kind of thing. And she's locked up one of Michelle's legs. Yeah. Um, it does isolate that person. They can't go into mount. Yeah. And they can't uh, attack your head and neck. But you can't do shit. Yeah. You're stuck yeah. there. Uh, yeah. You're hoping they gas out, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looked like she had... Um her chances in the first round, but it diminished a lot from there. Um, in round two, I think Karate Hottie was on top for most. And in round three, um, Karate Hottie came out looking like she was just starting round one and Magania looked like she was spent. And I think like the maybe um, difference in sort of, not weight cuts, but hey, you have to get to that 115 weight division. Like Karate Hottie just was the 105, I think it's Adam weight, isn't it? Yep. 105 pound division champion for Invicta, just lost it before she came to UFC. So she's moving up a weight category and Magani is still cutting weight. So maybe that was a bit of an effect on there. I don't think it would have made a difference in the result. I either. think the difference uh, for that seemed to be speed because yeah. uh, Magani looks slow. Yeah. Um, and Waterson, her ability to kick, punch yeah. and transition, get takedowns, like she yeah. beat her at every step of the way. And even one part where um, 
might have been Magoni trying to throw a kick and Waterson caught it and then tripped it to the ground and just stood there. And she reminded me of, you know, when you see joggers, uh, traffic light, and they're stationary yeah. waiting, they're jogging on the spot. So she just started doing that, waiting for Magoni to get up. And Magoni was slow getting up. She ended up giving up the rear naked choke in the third and, yeah, and that it was it. Yeah, it seemed that the choke wasn't quite in. Nah, it wasn't but, trying to be um, defended either. Magoni wasn't defending. She nah. she knew she was done and that, that it, it that was, was her out. It was out and she she just wanted to go out on a shield kind of thing. Yeah, and that was it. I or think that's the best fight I've saw Magania have, and I don't think she's really had many good fights. Yeah, and the next one was um, Masvidal versus Faheha. And the thing is, Masvidal's been around for ages. Uh, I think it's his first foray down at 155, or in this recent stint in his career. Well, he's got 38 fights to his name, and for a bloke 30 years of age, that's pretty good. He's been fighting since he was 18. Yeah, bloody oath. His first fight was in 2003, so... Shows how long he's been around for. But he did himself no harm at all by coming out and having a pretty nice KO. Yeah. Yeah, and he did himself no harm at all. I, I think we'll see a bit more of him. All right, we'll move on to our next fight. Yeah, main event for the tough finale. And to be eligible for the finale, you had to have fought twice during the season, and it was the coach's decision on who they put put um, against each other. And the winner had a chance to win, I think it was $200,000. Um, it was, they decided on, from Black Zillions, you had Kamaru Usman, um, versus Haida Hassan with ATT. And I'm going to, I'm going to attack the, uh, nicknames again. Kamara, the Nigerian nightmare Usman. Um, yes, he is Nigerian. But, uh, to me, if you said, oh man, I've had a Nigerian nightmare, it means you've responded to some prince's emails about getting money out of the country and you've lost all your cash. Yeah, you've lost you've some pensioners given 60 grand to someone over in, yeah. Usman pretty much dominated the fight, I reckon. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he just seemed to be too quick. Uh, and a head-arm finish is kind of embarrassing for this level. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely doable. Yeah. But it's one of those ones where if you're... Fitness is good, which Hassan's is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was fun, yeah. Um, pushing that arm back should be instinctive. Yeah. Um, before they've even locked it up and got their head in your armpit, yep. you should be able to push that arm back and defend it. But you know, he, he was fighting off uh, a very aggressive Usman yeah. on the ground and on the feet. So I, I can see how he'd get so tired that he just has that fraction of a second delay that lets Usman yeah. lock it up. I imagine Ireland is going to have a, a, a tough very soon. Well, funny you mention that. They've actually announced the fighters for the next um, tough season. It'll be Conor McGregor versus Uriah Faber. Yeah, I did see the coaches we mentioned. Yeah. So, honestly, I, I think that's probably smarter than having uh, Ireland versus England because yeah. that house could get blown up. And I don't mean that figuratively. I mean, people will actually smuggle weapons in and <laughs> yeah. there will be explosions. But the only thing is, does that mean that Conor's going to fight Uriah for... Usually that's what it means. Championship? Yeah, well, the last one in Brazil, they didn't do that. I think that was the first time. But the thing is, you got Aldo next in line for the championship bout. So if um, Connor loses, will that be sort of a number one contender spot? Or well, it's reckon- the interim belt. Um, it's not the uh, champion. Aldo's still the champion. Yeah, yeah, but they're having a unification one, they reckon, about November. They've yeah. slated it for. And you'd have to think that the ultimate fighter won't be done and dusted before then. But I've seen Uriah in too many championship bouts in the last couple of years. He hasn't won any of them, so... Yeah. I think he's maybe give it to um, Frank Edgar. No, I actually he's like uh, McGregor and Faber, just because McGregor has stormed his way forward, but he hasn't had that um, longevity. 
Yeah, and I think yeah. a fight with Faber would legitimise his position a bit more. Yeah, true. But I think Frank Edgar deserves it more. And I think he'd probably get the same sort of legitimacy out of fighting Frankie than he would Uriah. But, like, yeah, I'm excited for either fight. So I, just, mm. I just feel a bit sorry for Frankie. I think he's been sitting on the outer for a bit too long and he hasn't done, a, done anything wrong. Moving on to the, the main event of the tough uh, finale, we had Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Jake the Juggernaut Ellenberger. Um, I think Ellenberger just sat at the perfect distance for Thompson to lay those kicks and he sort of played into Thompson's hands for what yeah. his stretch would be. Thompson's quite lanky, so yeah. his effective kick range is a bit more than maybe um, Ellenberger thought. Yeah. And he, he just never looked worried. He was able to kick at will. His spinning kick that landed... Um, just before the finish, <laughs> Both was of them. spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seemed like he—I was yelling at the telly because um, it seemed like he let him recover. Yeah, but uh, in hindsight, it seems more like Thompson wanted the the bonus want, finish. Does he get fifty k for this one? I'm not sure. Probably. So we're on to UFC one. What are we up to? One eighty nine. Yeah, which is uh, may as well be UFC Connor. That's what it was. <laughs> um, we start off with the undercard. Uh, undercard was. Um, very disappointing <laughs> when you're looking at a, a card that's been talked up and promoted a lot uh, a lot of times the main card doesn't live up to it and the undercard performs this one was the opposite yeah first five were decision uh, fights um, yeah. Cody Fister versus Yos Dennis Sedino yeah that was shit decision don't worry yeah, about it yeah it was a, a grind through and look, honestly I, I don't think either of them did themselves any favours no no one cares about that um, went on to Lewis Smoker versus Neil Siri. Uh, Neil Siri obviously being the Irishman. Uh, this fight was actually a pretty good decision again, but lots of good transitions, lots of good trading. Um, Siri had some decent hands. Little Irishman obviously loves his boxing. Uh, shows solid hands, uh, some solid groundwork too. The transitions on the ground here on this match were really, really good, especially for um, MMA. Um, usually the young people usually have good transitions because they're little ninjas. Oh, not young people, the lower weight categories. But um, this one, yeah, you would have thought on paper that Smoker was going to dance it in, but Siri, to his credit, he went in there and just went hard. And I thought he probably had a, the most chance of winning it during the fight, but ended up losing the decision to Louis Smoker. I don't think either of them are done. I think we'll see a, a bit yeah. more of both. Um, that puts um, Siri at 2-2 two and two in the UFC, yeah. which isn't bad enough. He's coming off two wins and a loss. And look, we can guarantee there's going to be a big fight card in Dublin next year. Yeah, so I think uh, he can look forward for another couple of fights. Yeah, and I mean, before this one, his only last loss was to Brad Pickett, which is pretty amazing, I think. Um, uh, that was after he retired and went to Western Bulldogs. Yeah, and then we go on to uh, John Howard and Cathal Pedrid. Um, yeah, it was Cody Gabrant versus Enrique Briones first. That, that was one. not event, yeah. Um, most exciting thing about this was that we found out that Cody Gabrant is dating Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, fair play to him. Sorry, not not really exciting, but that was the biggest thing to come out of this match. We're doing, to be honest, they might have been overtaken by the the spectacle. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on to um, John Howard and Cathal Pedrid. The last fight that he had wasn't long ago. I think it might have been the last UFC pay per view, and he put on a shit house. More or less, him and I can't remember who was fighting. Uh, Augusto Montano at UFC 188. So it was the last one, and they pretty much uh, looked like a bit of Irish dancing going on in the in the cage. I don't know how you even picked a winner of that fight, but it was shit house, and everyone said it was shit house. And Dana made a point of being shit house, and then Katal Pendred has got the call up for this fight, um, stepping in for an injury. I can't remember who the original fight was scheduled against, and so he had a point to prove in this one to come out and show that he can be active. He can. 
um, put on exciting fights, has a future in the UFC, and he pretty much came out there and looked like a boring version of Keith Jardine. Obviously, this one he lost by a yeah. decision. But a decision, going to decision is almost as bad as a loss. And, and also, it depends how you go to that decision as well. And with the last one um, against uh, Montano, it was, mm. it was I couldn't overestimate how shit that fight was. It wasn't You couldn't even call it a fight, actually. They um, might have smelled each other's gloves a couple of times, and that's about it. Yeah, we, we see it happen with um, counter punches so much. They yeah. they try and sucker each other in, but when they're just dancing around each other, it's not good. Um, also, fighters who are trying not to get knocked out. They're yeah. trying not to lose rather yeah. than get a highlight reel win. Yeah. And, and like we said so much, you can go hell for leather, get knocked out, and still yeah. be a guy that they want to keep around. Yep. But if you're grinding out the wins, and then all of a sudden you lose two in a row... Yeah, exactly. Forget I mean, about it, you're done. Look what happened to John Fitch. You know, mm. I mean, he had a huge following. Um, probably getting paid a bit too much for what he was doing in the cage and gave him the ass. And turned out it was a bright decision as well. Yeah, moving on to Garcia and Swick. Um, Alex, the Dominican nightmare. So we've had the Nigerian nightmare earlier at the Tough and now the Dominican nightmare. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but my, my, my nightmares are non-racial. Yeah, I have um, yeah. race-free nightmares. Yeah. I mean, you know, there is one where I'm actually being attacked by Native Americans, but I I think that was because I watched Dances with Wolves yeah. as a, a child. It, it wasn't a, a fantastic fight. Both of them seemed to be kind of... Yeah, this fight sucked balls, let's be honest. Yeah, if, it, if you sat through the whole lot, um, more power to you, because this was shit. I mean, he's in top shape and everything, but he's he's not a contender. Yeah, so um, is Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> and he had beaten up no cunt. Actually, except for ISIS in the next Rocky movie, I think that's where they're taking oh, on. Oh, no, really? the next Rocky, next Command. What, what's he done? Rambo. Rambo. That's one, yeah. Um, moving on to the main fight in the undercard. Um, it was Matt Brown, or Matt the Immortal Brown, versus Tim the Dirty Bird Means. If you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, this is this whole card, he said, this is the fight he's looking forward to most. Like, forget McGregor Mendes, um, forget uh, Rory McDonald and... Um, oh, I can't have mental blank. What's his name? Robbie Lawler. Uh, he said Tim Means versus Matt Brown is the one that he's looking forward to, and I, I thought it lived up to it. I thought it was a very good. Fight. I thought it was very good. Um, both were very active. Uh, yeah. The way Means moves, yeah, it's yeah. really really good. His um ability to just shift so rapidly and to turn the corner, yeah, because um you see so often fighters tend to line up and then circle to their left yep. or to their um to their backside, yeah. He didn't. He was able to sort of duck, weave, attack at the 45-degree angle movements and really keep Matt Brown guessing. And I think um, he had Matt Brown in trouble a couple of times. I think Matt Brown did more damage initially. Yeah, yeah. Um, But there were a few times Means could have looked for a decent sub. Well, Means is a southpaw, and he landed that straight left, like, repeatedly. And Mm. uh, at one point, he landed three in a row, just bang, bang, bang. And then it was um, a straight left that actually cut Brown open and got the claret starting to go. Um, um, and one of the first times I've seen Matt Brown at a height disadvantage in the welterweight division. Uh, mm. Brown's six foot and looks like a tall uh, welterweight. Yeah. And Tim Means comes in at six two. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe uh, he might be doing himself a disservice by trying to cut that much weight at six foot two. Well, he, he looked fast. But so. looked, he looked like he couldn't handle the... Look, look like he gave the best punches, but he couldn't take them. And a lot of that is yeah, to do true. with water around the brain and trying to cut water weight for weigh-ins. And no IVs anymore after mm. this card. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him moving up to the middleweight category. Yeah, and the reason the no IVs things is um, something worth mentioning. 
Hmm. When you're cutting away, obviously it's water weight you're cutting most yeah. of. And yeah. to rehydrate, a lot of fighters have been putting in uh, saline drips. Yeah. So you just uh, stick it in the arm and off you go. Like uh, Brisbane Lions were doing a few years back. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's a great exactly. way to rehydrate rapidly. But yeah. it's really not a great look. And I think... Uh, Besides that, you're never quite 100% certain what's in the bags. Yeah. So well, the problem was that they were blood yeah. doping through the IV post-fight. And apparently, um, the way they detect the drugs in the system, it's on such a microscopic scale that it's actually the same level you'll detect pieces of plastic from the bag that the uh, IV drip is held in, like the saline solution right. is held in. And apparently, that plastic actually acts as a masking agent for some performance-enhancing drugs, especially like, uh, I don't know what the blood doping is, EPO or whatever no, the blood, they do. That's um, oh, blood that white blood, blood cells. Blood doping is when they um, take blood out, uh, red blood cells usually, right, and separate them via centrifuge right. and then put them back in because red blood cells are what carry your oxygen. Yeah. And by overloading it, you can get a lot more energy in your muscles initially and yeah. you can also take away fatigue toxins rapidly. Uh, okay. But um, obviously your body ends up going, there's too fucking many and they just let them die. Yeah. But it's an advantage for that period of time. And yeah. it's uh, it's been used by Olympic athletes, especially sprinters, for yeah. quite some time. And removing pretty much all options of injecting yeah, yeah. Uh, is a very good idea, especially into yep. a main blood vessel. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's the reason why they brought about that change, and um, it's already sort of been anticipated that you'll see a lot of sort of movements up in weight categories, which I'm fine with. I, I think yeah. I don't think the ability to cut weight should be as much of a factor as it is now. Yeah, yeah, neither do I. Um, honestly, I'll be fine with fighters weighing in on the day. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, from my perspective, if you have sort of responsible uh, matchmakers, uh, I'm of the opinion that you should remove all the weight categories or condense them. I think there's definitely like a tipping point where you can't have Cain Velasquez fighting, you know, Demetrius Johnson. But yeah. I think from maybe well, maybe look, welterweight down to no, welterweight I'd, up. I'd actually love to see um, up, sorry. the guys who have come off losses and are looking at losing their contract, Yeah, put them all in a, an eight-man elimination tournament, uh, winner keeps the contract, everyone else, yeah. see you later. Well, the thing is, BJ Penn fought Lyoto Machida at heavyweight in Pride. Yeah, BJ Penn's a phenomenal. Yeah, he's, he's a freak. bit of a freak, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same agreement. You, you should see a little bit more movement. But yeah. I, back onto the weight cutting, I I don't understand why they do it when they do it. Like it's generally a week before, yeah. Uh, they would usually start out. Yeah, I think a few days to a week. Yeah, a bit bit over a week, I think. I know it's actually been put down to an exact science on how long it takes your body to, not your body, but your actual blood cells to reabsorb that that water, and they reckon that it's. Over a week, like only just, I think it was yeah. like eight days, nine days or something. But why? Why not weigh in on the day? I guess the reason they don't weigh in, yeah. not coming to think of it, is probably because if someone's overweight, um, then they don't have time to cut. Oh, they, they don't weigh in on the day because people will still cut weight and people get knocked out and get brain damage. I think they tried it in boxing or yeah, one then, other fighting category. But that's because you're an idiot, because you're fighting yeah, too low. Yeah, but, but their job is get punched in the face. They're not known for IQ. Yeah, but no, I honestly think they should weigh in on the day. Um, yeah. Just because if you have to cut that much weight to be sort of a danger, yeah. you're fighting the wrong, wrong weight category. Yeah, but the thing is, if you cut that weight on the day, and the thing is, like, putting it on the day isn't going to stop people cutting weight. It's just going to make it more dangerous when they get into the octagon. And, and they'll probably the, lose and they yeah, won't be doing it anymore. But, but, like, serious injuries and potentially death in octagon is not good for the UFC. So I'd, I'd be very, very surprised if they went to weight cut on the day. I think they're going to look at trying to eliminate 
your um, methods of being able to cut weight to that category, which is they've done with IV um, rehydration. Mm. Uh, it's still not perfect, you know, because um, IV is actually a really good way to rehydrate afterwards and probably the most safest yeah. way to rehydrate afterwards. So, yeah, it's it's not perfect yet. Um, not even close to perfect, but they're trying to do something about it. Yeah, the difference between this and boxing, though, is this has submissions as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, boxing doesn't. If some yeah. guy, if you had the, the weigh-ins on the day and some guy comes in un- dehydrated, yeah. He's going to be slow as fuck. Yeah. Um, and he's probably going to lose. But the thing is, they will do it. That's the problem. And the thing is, you can't just put that rule in and then say, well, you fucked up. You're dead. Bad luck. That's your fault. Because the rest of the public who you're trying to win over to that sort of, uh, this style of fighting, aren't going to buy that line. I don't think you'd see people die. Like, boxing is a very different sport in that attacking the head is so common and also um, body blows. Yeah. But uh, you see MMA, in terms of clean strikes to the head, Far fewer in MMA than there is in boxing. Yeah, but they're also petitioning um, the Nevada State Athletic Commission to bring in um, knees to the head of a down opponent. They're trying mm. to change the rule where it doesn't matter if you've got three points on the ground, whatever, nothing, knees to the head, uh, legal, anywhere. So if you're going to bring in that in, like, I, I can't agree that a boxing punch would be more damaging than a knee to the head. And so, yeah, you can't really bring that in and then say you can't, or you've got to weigh in on the day and people are going to cut weight and... Yeah, I don't think it's about the single blow. It's Pandora's box. Yeah, I don't think it's a single blow. Uh, I think when you look at a boxing match, the blows to the head, Yeah, there's dozens. Yeah. Uh, MMA fights, generally, if you get three clean hits to the head in a row, they're yeah. going down and you're about to finish. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't think they're as directly comparable as some people seem to believe. Yeah, yeah, true. But, but the, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because boxing, they still don't weigh in on the day either. Mm. And they do take more damage to the head, but the potential for, um, I think, um, sort of long damage, you know, long-term damage, you get a lot. And it's not so much in the in the fights, but in the gym, where knees and just getting strangled and elbow to the head are quite common. Yeah, but what happens in the gym? Well, injuries do happen, but uh, it's pretty uncommon that they'll be big injuries normally yeah. they're just those um little things that happen from going a bit too hard unlike yeah. um uh i want to say jessica pena when she nuked her knee uh the okay. girl that won the female tough uh Spaza. no no um yeah she won it the other one there's only one the one about oh the one before that with yeah. the split season yeah oh yeah, shit i'm pretty sure her name was pena i know there was jessica pena who no not pena Pena. Oh, Juliana. Juliana Pena. Pena. That yeah, was it. Yeah. Yeah. The Venezuelan um, Vixen. Yeah. Uh, and she had her knee nuked in training yeah, with a, right. yeah. a bloke who might have gone a bit too hard. Yeah. Um, but again, that sort of thing is going to happen. And, yeah. you know, you're still training when you're weight cutting and you're going to be vulnerable regardless. Yep. So, look, yeah, my solution weighing on the day. Yeah. And if you come in overweight, you get no prize money. Well, so that's the end of the undercard for UFC 189, and we'll... Uh, it's a shit undercard, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, pretty much Tim Means, Matt Brown, and uh, old mate McNeil, was he? Neil Siri on the undercard. Um, so, yeah, we'll go on to uh, what was a cracking main card of UFC 189. Okay, we're on the main card now, and Heath's joined us. How we doing? Yep. Um, he wasn't interested in the, the dead rubbers. No, I'm only... Inf- if I'm not paying for it, and then I'm not interested. Uh, he's a true Vegas fan. That's where you step in the building. Or a prostitute fan, one or the other. Yeah, well, they go hand in hand, don't they? They're not mutually exclusive. exclusive. You explain the fucking punchline if you like, but anyway. So the, the big first fight in the main card, we've got Brad One Punch 
Pickett versus Thomas One Knee Almeida. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. I saw um, before this fight, uh, I was on Twitter. I can't remember which um, publication it was, but they put out a photo of Almeida with a belt over his shoulder. And apparently Dana wanted that picture and told him to put the belt on because he'd be champion one day. I was thinking... Is that like just your standard when you walk into the UFC doors signing contract, you get the belt put on in the same one line you get? <laughs> well, maybe they give him the belt and say, oh, you'll be a champion one day, and then, uh, and here's our offer. It's, it's sweet yeah. fuck all. And then he gives the, do you want to be a fucking fighter speech or something, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it was unfortunate. The belt was uh, made by Reebok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking so, of. So I spelt UFC wrong. <laughs> the fucking compulsory shorts. Like, honestly. They remind me of like a real bad pair of um, like the first board shorts that kind yeah, of Yeah, I was thinking out. exactly the same, big W boardies kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay, they've gone the classic black and white. Um, they're not offensive. They're extremely boring, which yeah. I'm sure is exactly what they wanted to go yeah. for. Extremely yeah, boring, guys. That's what mm, we're yeah. about. Mm. But what I don't get is they want to make it easier to tell um, the two fighters apart. Okay, yeah. fine. One, like Josh pointed out, they got the uh, on-screen graphics wrong. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they had Pickett in the white trunks and uh, he was shown as in the black trunks yeah. and vice versa. I, I didn't even notice that little insert into that heads-up display until you guys pointed it out. Yeah. Um, secondly, if the, the two colours are black and white, why have such a large white panel on the black pants? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thirdly, sorry, I've got another one. <laughs> they got the red corner and the blue corner. Yeah. <laughs> Why not put them in red and blue trunks? Well, they do have the red and blue wrist straps, so you can see who's in what corner from there. So um, why not make it the shorts too? Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but I don't think black and white helps anyone. Like, it's boring as fuck. At least let them have a detail colour. Like, um, some fighters identify with certain colours. Like At the moment, they're based on nationalities. So the Irish have a green thing and yeah. uh, pretty much every country it's the Irish and the Brazilians who have green and yellow and then you've got every other country with red white and blue pretty much I think the Irish have orange uh, I, think, I think I don't think they I think they just ask Connor, Connor what, what he wants and yeah, 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 <laughs> just, he just tells them I think orange is the Protestant Irish and so, the Catholics would be pretty rank with that all the you know all, all, the Reebok deal and the sponsorships and all that all that aside because um, you know there's some that hate it yeah. Um, and there's some that uh, work for the company, and there's everyone that has no choice in the matter. <laughs> um, I just, I just thought it was very puzzling. Um, oh, look, love it or hate it, down. good for the sport or bad, it still looks shit. Yep. Um, but anyway, on, on to the fight. Um, Brad Pickett's coming off a few losses um, up against uh, Thomas Almeida, who's still undefeated. Yep, yeah, nineteen and zero. Um, which that has to be one of the the best um, ra- uh, records going around. Uh, wouldn't be too many. I think these days with kid, with people who are that, what's he, what is he twenty three or something like that. I think, um, I think sort of your level of professional athletes in MMA have become sort of more and more. So there's much more um, sort of organisations that are doing legitimate professional fights, and so you'll yeah, find young kids have, fights, have yeah. better I mean, records, like straight out of the box coming yeah, to the UFC. In fairness, a lot of them have been tomato cans. Yeah, but um, he's still three and zero in the UFC, well, which is you know. Nothing to be ashamed of. I, mean, I still haven't seen a 397 and 0 yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> was it 397 he claimed? Or I, think, no, I think it was 397 because right. you want to have like a bit of a celebration when you go over the 400. That, that's <laughs> it, yeah. Um, well, like you say, though, 3 0 in the UFC. And I do, I think it is worthwhile um, sometimes when they mention their records and then their UFC records. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than fighting on Indian reservations against tomato cans, like you said. Mm. But anyway, um, in the fight, you've got to say Pickett was right in there in the first. Um, 
probably four minutes. Two and a half yeah. minutes, I thought the fight was over. I um, There was the one heel hook attempt from Almeida, and that was about it. And it wasn't that great of an attempt. It was a, yeah. uh, I'm drowning, I'm going to grab something and do something. But Pickett was moving, his boxing looked yeah. first rate. It looked like but, you, this, this fight wouldn't have been out of place down a back alley in Boston somewhere. No, it did look very good, dirty boxing. And his, they talked at, uh, I think Rogan mentioned, his ability to change levels. It I, was fantastic. I don't even Just, think it was dirty boxing. I think it was straight up. Yeah, well, there were a few elbows. Yeah, it was. You're right. It, technically, it was. But I'm saying that the pure boxing of it, the, the, yeah. the ducking down low and then waiting and then whack to the body, whack to the head. And it's one thing that uh, MMA has been criticized for is their punching ability, the punches in bunches. Uh, you see a lot of fighters, they'll throw a one, a one-two. They don't have the four, five, six-punch combinations. But here yeah. we saw one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and very quick. Risp and in and out. And, uh, and the, just, oh, sorry, the ability to pick that uppercut in between the opponent's guard, uh, was fa- both fighters did it. Uh, Pickett especially had a really nice one where he just sort of ducks under, gets that uh, uppercut on the 45-degree angle that starts with his toes. Yeah, and he just, just really it. rocks into it. Yeah, I think with the people that in the weight category, especially with uh, a height difference there, because their arms are only like a foot long, it just looks yeah. like dirty boxing. But really, it's just tiny, it's just short yeah. arms, yeah. T Rex arms, just swimming. Um, something else I thought was funny in the first round, uh, first you know, first fight of the pay per view, you've got an Englishman fighting a Brazilian in the US, yep. and, the, and the crowd starts chanting in Spanish. Yeah, lovely, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, well, I always found it funny that you'll um, notice that. The Irish are still cheering for an English person, and only because it's in the US. <laughs> it's back home, they'd be like, "Fuck that yeah. guy!" <laughs> it's a bit like that too. Yeah. Like us with the Kiwis, we cheer for a Kiwi unless yeah. it's you unless know, it's, yeah. unless it's back here. Then hey, us, yeah. go fuck yourself, well, bro. New Zealand and England playing uh, just before the Ashes started, and I was definitely in New Zealand. New Zealand, one hundred percent. But uh, yeah, no, look, yeah. Halfway through that round, about two minutes uh, forty, when I got back up and media started bleeding, I thought yeah. he looked. Oh, he looks a little bit tired. Yeah. And Pickett looks like, yep, I got him. I yeah. got his measure. He here. got buckled a little bit too, didn't he? Who, who's that? Pickett? Um, or, um, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple Several times. times he got rocked, yeah. and then he got he got one really good punch in that uh, put Pickett on his ass, and Pickett yeah. turned it um, into a beautiful little uh, round the corner takedown. Yeah, but even when he when he landed that flying knee and like just you know pretty much put his eyes shut yep. Pickett got up like he, he's just um, his alarm gone off and uh, was getting, going in the shower late for work <laughs> yeah, what's going on what day is it yeah, yeah I just get up shit shit to do today that flying knee it was even in slow motion it looked terribly magical like yeah. uh, just he put his left on the back of his head you know bent it down gently yeah. and then just drove the kneecap right into the back of his skull it looked scripted yeah. <laughs> like you could hear the piano music in the background as he was falling yeah. down yeah and I'm sure if you could find an actor willing to take that knee uh, he'd have a, a stunt job in Hollywood for about a week until he died it looked like the, almost the Lerda Machida against um, um, fucking the Randy Couture where he did the fake and then oh, the ground the kick. kick yeah. but instead of having the kick he just landed the knee flush yeah yeah, to grab on the back of the head just to make sure you know you're not going to eat and, <laughs> solids for a couple of weeks, and just the perfect pause in crowd music, in crowd yeah. noise to hear that. Yeah, yeah. oh, that was yeah. a sledgehammer into a side of beef. It, yeah. You just and he knew it too. Yeah, no need to follow up. Yeah, just no nah, walk off. Yeah, the, <laughs> a walk off KO. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, it's uh, another setback for Brad. Now, I think that's his third USC loss in a row. Uh, let's just bring up his record. Three in a row, um, but um, I don't think he disgraced himself by any stretch. No, of the not at all. And like uh, we've been saying all podcast, you can have an entertaining loss is better for your UFC future 
than grinding out uh, tomato can wins, especially in split unanimous decisions. Yeah, I mean, if you can grind out a win against a legend, that's different. They call that the white man can't jump theory, don't they? <laughs> Rather look good and lose. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Now I'm with you. Um, but uh, where does uh, where does that leave Almeida? He's got to be. Um, that's three wins on the trot in the UFC now. Um, he's got to be starting to think about uh, moving up the rankings and starting to have a look. Is this his first uh, main card fight? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he's obviously starting to move up the rankings and move up the pay scale. So it wouldn't be so bad for him to have another couple of you know. Un- like main card matches. You want to be yeah. starting looking at ranked matches, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? Is that his fourth fight? Third. So the fourth one is um, the bubble for the next pay bracket, yeah? From Reebok? Oh, I've got no clue. So these, I, I saw the, so. the pay structure. I think they were two and a half grand for this fight. So Brad Picker's got two and a half grand for slapping the chops. Uh, I, I think he would... Do they still do fight of the night bonuses? Oh, they yeah. just do random bonuses now. You get... Um, oh, performance of the performance night. Performance bonuses, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but th- he can give out as many or as few as he wants. And honestly, yeah. that need is a bonus. I'm right. sure everyone got paid in this main card. I, I'm sure they did, yeah. Um, so there was a, a great knockout and a great highlight uh, for, for Thomas Almeida there. And like I said, I don't think Brad Pickett did his um, chances too much harm either. Yeah. We'll see him in Dublin, I'm sure. Yeah, the, but one thing that's going to hold Almeida back... Tom Hina as a nickname. Uh, I'm willing to just put it out there. If anyone needs a nickname made up, we're willing to help out. Um, but Tom Hina just doesn't do it. Tom, one win, one knee. We called it in the one knee. Yep. yep. If you're fighting one Thomas, punch, one knee, Almeida. That's your name now, mate. If you're, with, if you're fighting one punch and you're beating with one knee, that's just how it works, isn't it? Yeah. Or you can ask Wanderlei Silver for a nickname, and if you can understand what he says, let us know. <laughs> I think your name now. Fuck Dana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next fight. We've got Gunnar Nelson versus Thatch. Um, this fight, you'd have to say, was uh, pretty entertaining. Well, I was especially like I was expecting sort of Thatch to come out and be the aggressor. I think his last loss was a was against Benson Henderson. His last one, yeah, yeah. Um, and there was Hen- Henderson stepping up a weight category as well. And Thatch is already big for that weight category. Um, I think Gunnar Nelson might have had a little bit of time off. I think as well, might have had a little bit of space in between fights. Well, it was his first loss uh, against Rick Story. Um, he lost that in a split nearly 12 months in between yeah, fights yeah. but jeez uh, you'd have to say uh, he hasn't doesn't nah. seem to be losing anything it's all over him like a rapey frog well he, <laughs> he, he comes as one of the biggest uh, grappling reputations in mixed martial arts like yeah. uh, across yeah. the board he's an absolute Icelandic legend yeah. uh, when it comes to it but uh, even after talking about how good uh, uh, I was going to say Byron Pickett Brad Pickett's um, <laughs> boxing was Byron Pickett's boxing's not bad either by yeah. all accounts yeah. um, in the previous fight that one-two that connected oh, yep. that ended this fight really yeah. and you heard it, it was just smack smack it's yeah. so crisp so quick and just straight. And I think on the, uh, the broadcast, a lot of times, uh, I mean, Joe or maybe Goldie following Joe's lead, but talking about how there's not many people that have that crisp jab uh, anymore. GSP yeah. was left, and they talked to Rory up about it as well. But I think Gunnar Nelson is one that just throws it straight and effective. Doesn't need to have the most power in it, but it's uh, accurate. Uh, when it hits on the button like that. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. yeah. Especially two of them. I mean, and Brandon Thatcher's looking okay. You know, yeah. the, the knees were, were there. They were he looked loose. Sharp. Um, just whack, whack, you're on your back, and Gunnar Nelson's on top of you. It, it's over. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was a matter of time from there. He's seeing four of him, um, and unfortunately, all four of them were Gunnar Nelson. But um, <laughs> I did... There was one thing they commentated on, saying that uh, 
the Irish crowd saw a pale dude. And they, they, said they adopted the, him. The, the trickle down <laughs> uh, Irish cheers from yeah, the crowd. Yeah. Well, he, he is. I mean, there's two reasons. One, or well, three. Let's say then, you, like he is pale. <laughs> they went, All yeah, right, that, that's Irish. He's obviously a, a teammate of Conor McGregor. Yeah. So there's number two. Yeah. And when you've been on the Guinness all day. Iceland looks like Ireland, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the flags aren't similar, but I'm guessing they're just like, fuck it, I can't see the flag anyway. It's look Ireland. Um, uh, I think also, you think his old man might be Connor's manager or some of that, or used to be his manager. Well, they say they're teammates and stuff like yeah. that. I think they've been um, through a bit together. Yeah. I think um, his old man might be Thor. Well, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought, well, this welterweight division is stacked though. So you, know, you, you get a fight like this and you're like, that's an amazing fight. But what does it mean in the picture of the top five? Not a whole lot. <laughs> it's, like, it's a great fight, but now you want to try and get into a top five, and it's been sort of banded around a bit. That it's looking like the belt will go around a few times. Um, obviously, we'll get to the double weight belt later on, but um, it's going to be hard to break into the top five even with a big win like this. All you can do with that is keep winning. I yeah. mean, his only loss is a split decision and a five round split yeah. decision. Um, so mm. he's bounced back enough from that, and he's look. He's in. He's European, so they're looking to expand into those sort of countries uh, in Scandinavia and that well, as well. So, and like I said, hasn't got a scratch on him. Yeah. Um. So he, it's not like he's going to have a medical suspension or anything like that. He, he can turn around and you know, I'm ready. Who's yeah, next? He, could, he probably he could did fight, on the way home. He could fight Donald Cerrone tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> both of them. Um, he probably had three fights on the way to the airport. <laughs> I thought uh, when he did hit the ground, like we said, one of the best grapplers going around. Mm. Um, when he was uh, straight into mount, um, I, I thought yeah. I thought he was just going to go with the ground and pound. This one's over. Yeah. Um, with the the knockout um, when they were standing, got straight to mount. It looked like he was uh, Thatcher's actually getting out, and then yeah. just switched straight over to side control. Yep. No worries. Into knee ride yeah. or, or knee on belly. Yeah, he did a couple of knee on bellies. Um, uh, he don't didn't see that very often these days. I yeah. I don't really know why. I I understand that the fighters get uh, sweaty. They get you know so hard to grasp onto that they can move out but as soon as someone puts their hand on your knee that elbow is exposed so it, I'm, I'm the, guessing it's just they prefer to go for different percentage moves yeah I mean it, it is more high percentage in the gi because you've got something to grab onto and hold them there yeah. um, but you do tend to like to try and keep more weight um, on, on the opponent you know and shoulder and head pressure and all that kind of stuff well yeah I mean if you saw Roy but, Nelson knee on belly someone they'd be tapping right there if somebody knee, uh, knee on belly on Roy Nelson, they could also do their knee. <laughs> yeah, because they stole his nuggets or something. <laughs> um, and then moves around to the back, and I thought, oh, it's obviously okay. He gave Thatch gave him his back, yeah, and it's yeah. it's starting to think. All right, where's the where's the door? Yep. Where's the gate? <laughs> mm. um, and then I thought it was interesting. He went straight for the body triangle, and that yeah. that allowed him to lean back. So yeah. I mean, if you only just got your hooks in, you can't lean back. Yeah, um, they're starting to escape. But he's leaned back and just rocking punches in, just going, "Come on, guys!" Just yeah. Slip this one in under the chin. And, and one thing over. people don't see so much too, unless you've been in that spot where you've been body triangled by a strong dude, uh, you can't breathe for shit. Yeah, I think the commentators say it every time, but it hurts. Yeah, yeah bloody oh, hell. Yeah. Um, I remember I tapped uh, Tommy Coughlin doing that once in a cruel way, who's only about 60 kilos soaking wet. Yeah. Um, so it's um, a very excited... Gunnar Nelson that gets his hands raised. <laughs> yeah. The, the typical, it's, it's hard to smile in Iceland. You, you might uh, crack... Uh, crack something so he's just very happy to just take it and go on where's the next one yep pretty much um, uh, it's pretty common for Scandinavian sports stars isn't it I know we do the F1 podcast with um, Kimi Räikkönen and that you don't get much words out of them either so <laughs> I don't know maybe yeah life isn't too happy <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see that with Gunnar Nelson too like if the corner's like you know get to his back he's like I know what I'm doing shut up <laughs> <laughs>
Next fight on the card is in the featherweight division, and we've got Dennis the Menace Bermudez versus Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens. See, I'm, I'm fine with both those nicknames. Oh, Good Dennis job, lads. Menace, fuck off. You can't uh, like, uh, Little uh, Heathen's brilliant. Dennis, yeah. oh, my name's Dennis, I'll go for the Menace. Yeah, Little Heathen, I think uh, that'll maybe be second or third to um, Uncle Creepy. It's got to be the best <laughs> one, surely. Um, I mean, you got Little Evil was Jens Pulver, so then you got Little Heathen. Yep. So you're forming a stable there, aren't you? They're going to be the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the next Suicide Squad movie. They're going to be the next Team Alpha Male. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but Dennis no, the Menace is lazy. There's no medium size. Like they've got Little Heathen or Big uh, Big Daddy, a Big Country. Where's medium size? Yeah, you got Bigfoot, Big Country, yeah. Little Heathen, Little Evil. You got uh, plus then you got like the Portuguese versions of you know Ronaldinho, uh, like, uh, you know Tomasinho, yeah, yeah, which means yeah. little Thomas or whatever. Yeah, you got big nog, little nog. Pe- <laughs> got, well, isn't that they're the same Bigfoot, size? So. Bigfoot's Pejau, yeah, which which like the a o suffix prefix suffix where the fuck it is. No, Pejau, that's the beans you get at the tourist career. Uh, uh. So Bermudez versus Jeremy Stevens. Um, this one had a lot of action. Uh, a lot of uh, Bermudez pressing Jeremy Stevens in the first round, but also Stevens actually came in overweight for this fight. So he, I think he, he lost um, some of his purse for that. I think twenty percent. Yeah, standard. But um, it's very disappointing because it's uh, this is what ranked uh, Bermudez is ranked eighth and Stevens is ranked eleventh. Yes. Yeah. So two ranked fighters and one of them misses weight is very disappointing. Yeah. yeah, plus Bermudez has, has had a couple of important fights, I believe, in uh, the last couple. I remember, because especially in, in that division, it's pretty much who's going to take on DJ. Uh, Dodson's next, yeah. but the the one after that is sort of up for grabs, and he, I think he's in the mix for getting those ones. Yeah, he tagged Guida, and then he had um, Lamar's and now Stevens. Guida's sort of been one of those um, gatekeepers for, yeah. for almost for his whole career Yeah, yeah. Um, in that division, but... Um, uh, yeah, look, uh, there was a you know the, I love how they put up the fight stats as they're going. And one of the fight stats they put yeah. up was um, strikes. You know, and yeah. it was mm. thirty to twenty or whatever. Um, there was no point putting up significant strikes and strikes as two different stats because they were one of the same. Yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> In that fight, yeah. Every every mm. strike was significant. There was some monsters thrown. It looked like a home run derby. That's the thing is, I think Stevens maybe tried to go a bit too hard in the first round. Like he was swinging a bit too hard for the fences, a bit too predictable, oh, a bit yeah. too round. Yeah, those big haymakers <clears throat> happening. Yeah. Well, I think it was as well in because he lost the first couple of minutes. You know, yeah, and spent um, when he got that cut, yeah. um, which uh, from the headbutt, um, we got taken down and spent a lot of time, you know, on his yeah. on his side or you know mm. with um, Bermudez on his back. Yeah. So when he finally got back to his feet, he. I think he was throwing those haymakers just to just try and get some ground back, but yep. also buy him some time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. It, was, it was like watching uh, a Geelong footy match. Joel Selwood got cut and then decided he wanted to play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he's going to try and break people's you know, arms and legs and whatever else. Yeah. But when they did hit the ground, I thought Bimunez was a little bit lazy on it. Um, he had a, a great position and um, yeah. in the sort of... I guess a side mount. It's not really a half guard. It's almost on the back. Um, and oh, then yeah. he's just, you know, putting in um, some nice left hands um, to yeah. keep him there and score yeah. his points. Yeah. But I didn't see a reason to stop throwing him. No, he did seem too driven to try and get the back mount RNC. Or going for the arm triangle. Well, he didn't seem to really try and consolidate arm triangle because he, he got in position where he could um, jump out to the side where the cage was. Yes. But instead of flattening himself out and squeezing, he... Well, uh, he himself. Yeah. Well, no, even when he rolled over, he started to be able to make some room. But instead of you know stretching out and moving him, he kind of 
uh, clutched up and then try to get the second hook in. I mean, uh, the, which is, you know, that's a percentage move too. You can get yeah. the back, that's brilliant. Yeah, there was the cage there. I mean, he, he had, he was in, he had the arm, posi- uh, the arm triangle. It was in. He just yeah. had no room. Um, and then he, you know, th- um, probably made the wise decision then, but I still thought the, the, the punches when he was on top, he should have, there was no reason to stop throwing them. Yeah, he wasn't defending them. Well, especially since Stevens had to post up on his left hand. Yeah. And so he's either got to post yeah. up and maintain that position or try and defend the punches and then he's going to get um, flattened out. Especially when he's got that big cut on his eye. You know, it came yeah. from a headbutt and whatever. But if you throw in, you know, he threw three, uh, groups of three punches and I think he threw uh, probably seven or eight in total. Yeah. Throw 20. Make that yeah. cut yours. Yeah, exactly. So it yeah. takes it out of the judge's mind. And, you know, when he yeah. got up, he had a crimson mask anyway. And especially in that part of the face, you don't need to throw punches. You just rest a forearm across there or whatever. <laughs> Squeezes a bit yeah, more out. Yeah, that's it. You know, advantages are taken, not handed out. Um, into the second. <laughs> but, but, oh, the last thing I was going to say about that, but all through it, um, Stevens had a great view of the screen. Yeah. I'm guessing he's looking yeah. at. Yeah. Never looked worried. Yeah. Never looked troubled. He knew where he was. Yeah. Um, and when he got up, um, tried to get some points back. But it, to me, it was a, a 10 9, but yeah, so but close, close to a 10 yeah. 8. Yeah, yeah. could it's, have been the 10 8. It's one where you just look at that as part one of the first round, more yeah. or less. Yeah, yeah exactly. the next one, yeah. and that's, that's, that's the way I'll go. Well, yeah, the second one I thought was actually 10 10. Um, Stevens came out and had a, a couple of early telling punches, but then. Bermudez uh, sort of controlled the fight for yeah. a couple of minutes. Again, it was like a video game, wasn't it? There, yeah. there was no jabs, yeah. no crosses. Yeah. Everything was a home Button run. mash. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Bermudez threw that flying knee, and it's one of those ones where yeah. he's jumped and regretted it almost halfway through. Yep. Oh, well, I've got to wait till I land now. <laughs> and it's like the first person, like in the fight before, they see a flying knee, and it's like it's, it's gone around backstage like herpes at summer camp or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and even even the one that uh, Stevens ended up landing for the knockout, like a fadeaway knee, but it looked like the old down down up A from Mortal Kombat or something <laughs> like that. That was the that was the tiger uh, tiger knee from Cigar in Street Fighter. Yeah, it. that's the one. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I haven't seen it done better. Uh, like yeah, it's a, a fadeaway jumper. Yeah, go, and just connected so sweet. Yeah, and you, you could just see like. Um, when he's ducked down for that punch, uh, Stevens, it's almost like, he hasn't had to think about it, it's just, I've got to give it a go. It's almost like, it was it's almost like a haymaker, but just throwing your knees and so I'll give it a crack and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you know, has that happened? It worked out once once or twice. Well, they call it a puncher's chance, but I guess a knee's chance is the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, hey, you'll take it if you get it. Sammy Mitchell would be happy with that one. <laughs> he loved it so much, he even jumped the fence. Did it easy with yeah, started doing high fives to the crowd, say good day to Iron Mike and Joe. <laughs> give Joe a fist bump. Yeah. yeah. Get back in there. <laughs> Um, like I said, it's such a shame that he missed weight because being 11th ranked fighter, yeah. you beat somebody ranked higher than yourself. It's a great chance to you know start pushing claims and get more big fights. Yeah, and but it's not going to happen. It'd be interesting to see if um, he's a certainty to move up weight now, especially with IVs not being uh, allowed for recovery. W- yeah, you'd have to the, think that that's probably his, his last foray down in the featherweight anyway. Um, which I, I think would actually suit him more. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The, the higher weight division. I mean, it's going to be a different competition. Yeah, but. Uh, if he has to cut so much to get down to that weight, now he doesn't have to. Well, he's, he's obviously not doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so he's probably going good until he has to fight for a belt. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, shit, now I'm going to make weight. Uh, but either way, great fight. And I think uh, it's building the main card. It's just oh, building yeah. so fucking beautifully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had uh, Ruthless Robbie Roller. Ruthless Robbie Lawler. Ruthless Robbie Roller. <laughs> and Rory Red King McDonald. Rory um, Red King, <laughs> <Red. laughs> um, fuck! I tell you what, he, he was Red King too. There was Claret everywhere. 
I think, you know, with um, the Reebok deal and now the cross-promotion with Walking Dead, yeah. it's just going too far. But if you looked at Rory's face, it looked like the um, health meter from Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> <laughs> the more he yeah. got beat up, it's just like... Well, maybe Rory sniffing sideways, McDonald. Well, right from the start, I mean, in the lead-up, um, Rogan and a lot of others have called this the sleeper fight of the, the card because all the focus yeah. is on um, McGregor and yeah. Aldo. They're... A belt fight's a sleeper fight. Yeah. And, and, and just Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald. I've got to be honest, for the first round, I thought those two fighters were the ones that were sleeping on it. Yeah. And I, I was going, oh, really? It was such a, a jab cautious. Yeah. 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 Very cautious. I, you know, both guys had you know, gone in going, okay, it's going to be a five-rounder. I'm not going to, pu- I'm not going to yeah. push him over. Um, last time they fought, they went to a decision. Um, so they knew they had two extra rounds. To, yeah, was to that split decision? Yeah, it was. I think it was a pretty close one. It was a really close fight. Like could have gone either way. Um, but this time, I thought Rory came out a little bit, a little bit too flat. Um, kept his head right in the pocket and didn't slip the jab enough. He didn't change levels or give uh, Robbie enough to think about. He's got a nice reach, reach advantage, and it took him a couple yeah. of rounds before he really started to use it, especially with mm. his kicks. Towards the end of round three, uh, he was giving him a fair dicking. Um, just to close off that round, and you saw uh, John McCarthy was right there in case there was a five-punch combo that would have meant, you know, he's not defending himself, and he was about to call it. But, uh, you know, the round went out, and then Lawler decided, no, nah, not having it. Yeah, well, um, but back in round two, um, I thought that they were still, still cautious. They're still working up into the fight, but you can see that um, Rory's focus was on body shots. Yeah, even yes. punches um, going straight, and a couple of kicks that were to the midsection or... Um, starting to get very close to some groin shots, but yeah. th- they were still leading their mark. And it was like, again, looking for... The, they're both playing the long game. Yeah. These punches mm-hmm. aren't going to stop him, but they're going to wear on, wear on, and try and take yeah, his gas tank out. They'd have to both be pissing blood for at least a few more weeks. Yeah, well, if they've got any left to get rid of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It could just be water going straight in the mouth and out, whatever holes they got <laughs> left plugged, unplugged. But, I mean, the second round was also the round... While I was watching it live, I was tweeted, like... I've never seen Robbie Lawler move so well. Yeah, his yeah, footwork definitely. was unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, lively. He was defending mm. the takedowns like he was the red blanket that a matador uses or something. Just, oh. As soon as you go for it, he's just flying over those the legs top. at the back. Yeah, yeah. and where he was, he had such a good takedown. I think it was in the third round. He had the best sprawl I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and I think there was one in this round where um, Rory had his leg and he just went nut, nut, nut. And yeah, yeah, he always BJ penned it. Yeah, just because uh, yeah, he was almost uh, had. Uh, Maybe just about three points on the ground, but still managed to defend and, um, yeah, didn't make him uh, punish him a couple of times. And you see Rory's head just snap back from a couple of those straight punches. When the, yeah, this is where the jabs. And, you know, it's something that um, we said earlier that, that um, the yeah. jab is the most underused. Yeah. And they were talking about it in his camp and GSP and how, yep. how good they are at that jab. This is the round where it started to really show through, and a few of them started to yeah, find the mark. Yeah, I found that um, Lawler uh, utilised a lot more angles as well to find a home for that jab. Because he was moving so well. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, Rory is just a bit too flat. And I would like to see him change levels a bit, uh, fake a couple of takedowns, and then, um, you know, try and get inside. But he couldn't just stay, he didn't be in or out, not staying where he was and, and just copying the, the straight mm. left. Well, the whole main card, it seems like the fight has moved really well. Uh, especially yeah. compared to uh, the last UFC in Mexico they had that was elevation, you know, 9 million or whatever it was, and the fighters all looked shagged just walking to the ring. Yeah. But uh, here, yeah. fuck me, I don't know what's in the water, but uh, maybe it's maybe it's crack. I, I don't know. <laughs> they were fired up. 
Well, it's Vegas. They've got to do anything they can with the water they've got. They're running out of it. <laughs> um, but you look, round three is where the the, uh, the blood really started to flow. Yeah. Um, but it was also when I thought uh, Rory started to get on top and yeah, the reach yeah. started to come into it, especially those kicks. Yeah. Um, the little teak kick, wasn't it? A little teak uh, front just to put the distance away and then you go up high and, and try and nice, wrap around the back of his head. Yeah, nice high kicks. And that, like you said earlier, the third round was the round where it could have ended. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, you know, in that last 20 seconds, you, you could see he was measuring yep. the, the knockout punch. Mm. Yep. I thought, go for the flurry, son. You yeah, know, just that's, right, that's what a, I thought. You'll get a TKO here. You're not going to knock him out. That's the thing. You can't no. aim a duck to death. You've yeah. got to pull the trigger. And um, Robbie uh, Lawler, he's got that pointy head that just seems unknockoutable. Yeah. He's a hard nut. Mm. Well, that's, uh, I think it was the on a Rogers podcast where he's talking about he doesn't understand why his name isn't the Canadian Psycho. Like, it seems like a natural fit. For, <laughs> it, it looked like it in this one, uh, too, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, he looked like um, almost like a Chernobyl victim or something coming out for the, <laughs> for the fourth or fifth. Like a ghoul out of uh, Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Or even Just because I'll be playing Fallout. <laughs> when you see that, the new ad for um, Batman, you got Jared Leto as the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> Suicide out. Squad. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I saw Jared Leto dressed up as some freak. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, Squad. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but that, that was his chance in the third. That was his yeah. chance to finish it. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, like you say, aim a duck to death is a good way to do it. He was looking for that perfect shot. Yeah, like, just Mate. to pull the trigger. He tried, he tried everything, though. You saw him do the elbow, elbow, like yeah. where he was swinging out around the elbows. He was trying to get the punch. He was trying to do a knee. I thought he if, just couldn't get the winning combination. Yeah, but if if Lawler's blocking him, keep throwing him. Yeah. Because yeah. when he's blocking him, he's not punching you. He's um, punching you. Um, um, the other like, thing is that uh, forearms don't block knees either. Not that well, <laughs> yeah. No. Um, ask, uh, was it Rich Flank- Franklin? Yeah, who, um, got it broke. Uh, um, no, 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 Chuck Liddell. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he still that, came back and beat him. He still beat him with yeah. a broken forearm. Damn, but but I was thinking, this should have finished like Liddell and Ortiz. Yeah. And that yeah. one, remember, he's just like, in case, just flurry. Yeah, just flurry. If he started, <sighs> it's not Rory McDonald style, but yeah. I mean, I know you're tired. It's yeah. three rounds. It's the end of the third, but you got 20 seconds and yeah. it was over, but he was looking for the knockout. Should have gone for the TKO yeah. rather than the yeah. KO. But you take your points and you, you go back and you, you would have felt very confident that next minute's next, gonna, next, third, next yeah, minute's yeah. going to be it. Yeah, yeah, but at the end of the fourth, I thought um, Lola, uh, yeah, Lola didn't look that hurt he he looked like he's like nah nah I'm not having this today end, like of the fourth, second win, yeah. end of the third he looked out yes yeah uh, and then he came out um even the first minute of the, of the fourth he, mm. I thought yeah. he's not bouncing yeah. around anymore yeah. yeah and then you're right it just came back to life yeah and even for us the hubby who's the striking coach for Rory he said that it looked like Rory was uh, more of a three round strategy as opposed to mm. the five round I think it was only his third five round fight for Rory I think um, uh, I don't know if that was just excuse these, but it's the first time he's been to the fourth round. Like uh, he, he's had yeah. other five round fights. Yeah, the first time he's been to the fourth. Yeah, because mm. he's only other ones are, um, headlining five round fights. Yeah, that's his first title title uh, shot. Yeah, it? I think so. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, so Zahavi said that it just looked like he wasn't um, the right strategy to make it go over um, five rounds. But you saw it at the end of the fourth. Where they just stopped and just that stared at each other. It looked like two lions fighting over a kill or something. Where it's losing the bloody mouths and just, you're right, yeah. who's going to take it? I did say that watching it. Um, you see a lot of fighters who've put in just all on the line and they come out for the fifth round and they'll sort of. McCarthy made them touch gloves, but often afterwards they'll just sort of touch their glove. I'm like, yeah, I respect you, mate. Yep. Let's finish this off big. And those two guys, nah, they, they didn't want respect. They wanted the belt. Both of them. It was funny that stare down, though. Because yeah. it, it was. Um, they weren't pretending that you know I've still got plenty left I'm going to come kill yeah. you they're like 
I fought a fucking war, but I'm not done. But almost yeah. like... Are you done? I'm not done. It almost like a bug in the UFC game or something. Yeah. Where the two characters <laughs> are stuck frozen. there sort of standing in their little sort of meander pose where they just stay in the one spot. It was, both of them were waiting for the other one to crack. Yeah. And they're like, I, I hope you do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I'm just about there. Yeah. Well, I can't be fucked moving. <laughs> but, okay. So into the fourth, um, we saw on uh, uh, Twitter or Facebook or something, somebody um, showed that the, both judges had a yeah. 39-37. Yeah, three one, so whatever that works out to be. Three rounds to one yeah. for Rory. Rory. Yeah, I had it even. Yeah, I had two two going in. I had it two two, and I thought, well, this is it. You know, this is the championship round. Yep. Um, and, and I thought that's how you win a championship round. Uh, and beautiful, beautifully set up. And the thing is, in the, in the the fifth round of a fight like that, you're not going to be going for gogo platters and shit in the fifth. You just <laughs> put that jab out there, and you just hope it lands more than his does. Just well, keep it simple. Is, like, yeah, he broke his nose, but that wasn't just a one punch thing. He'd be bumping that nose all night. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was death of a thousand jabs. Yeah, uh, uh, I think they might. His suspension might have been six months as well. You're going to be clear to fight for six months after that. You can you can see it because yeah. uh, the replays were beautiful. And they showed it. It was a good jab. Yeah. it's not a knockout punch by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But even they didn't show the three or four before that, just in that round. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there were that many good clean ones that led up to that um, sort of. I mean, if you only just saw that, you'd say it was anticlimax. But watching the whole fight, it definitely wasn't anticlimax finish. No. And it looked like Lawler had his third wind or fourth yeah. wind or whatever because yep. he was bouncing around yeah. again. And, and, and then you just, saw it with the, the, end. the cut lip that he had. And like he's still going... It looked like, lip. It looked like it Predator. Like it looked like Predator going around <laughs> he takes his mask off. Um, <laughs> venom. Yeah. But yeah, you can see Rory's taking the jab and going, yeah. nah, I'm there. Yeah. Well, you see him grab his own nose, but his hand's on his cheek. Yeah. and he's like, ah, he's like he's touched yeah. his nose and gone nah like, that's not this, right something like that. and, uh, the, and the thing is I'm sure everyone's been cracked in the nose once even if it's just fallen off a bike or whatever and like that it's either annoying or it hurts like hell but not enough to you know it's just, you're pissed off because there's nothing you do about it yep. but imagine that happening like every 15 seconds, seconds. after yeah. all you're like fuck this shit for, like whatever it is I'm done for I'm 21 out. minutes yeah. and then your nasal canal ends up turning into a U-bend <laughs> yeah you can see pretty much your, your memory just bleeding out your nose and your brain and when he was sitting on the canvas and, and you know after the fight's been cold you can see him he, he's looking at it going I did it everything I yeah. could yeah, exactly. everything I could that bastard wouldn't go down Yeah. well yeah they tweeted the, the picture of him after the fight and yeah he he looked like um, the, that English <laughs> rugby union player who married one of the royals. Just the nose is smashed yeah. across his face. <laughs> He's going to need a lot of surgery on that nose. Like I mean, not just after the fight, yeah. but six months and twelve months just so he can breathe again. But I mean, now. what are you, what are they going to do? They're not. He's not going to go into a surgeon and say, "All right, yeah, I want it to be perfect," because he's just going to fucking break it again yeah. anyway. Open it up, skeletal <laughs> style, just straight across, Voldemort, <laughs> yeah. just straight down, just Voldemort fine. it. Yeah. Some dude in Mexico had that operation done once. I'm, yeah, I'm sure recently. lots of them have. Yeah, just like yeah, I think this was actually uh, a decision he made, not the drug cartel, though. But uh, yeah, oh, you can't uh, fault either guys in this fight. Look, they've already fought twice now, but jeez, yeah, you, you must want to see a third. You sell a pay per view on on the third, you know, in yep. 2017, whenever they're both ready to fight again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's but, almost a shame that they're on the uh, not the top billing for this one because that would be spectacular for them, but. The whole main card. Look, it, that Perfect. fight is a future Hall of Fame fight. There's yeah. just no doubt. Yeah, mm. and how good to be in front of uh, the Hall of Fame inductees at this round as well. Yeah. BJ Penn was there, Buzz was there. Bass, yeah. Um, yeah. BJ yeah. Penn was probably saying he'd take them both on still now. Well, he probably would. I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd <laughs> have a go. Crack. He doesn't mean, like, He definitely wouldn't say no to the challenge. But yeah, uh, everybody's on their feet there. And yeah. what a brilliant setup into yeah. the fight that's really carried the promotion yeah. of, of this card. Um, you can't argue. I'll tell you happened. what, you, you wouldn't 
want front row seats for that fight though because you'd be if you wore white yeah you're walking away covered <laughs> in blood yeah, you're gonna have the poncho yeah you get a yeah. free AIDS test on the way out <laughs> it's like those Gallagher bloody magic shows where they smash the watermelons and shit yeah. I think that's every Gallagher show yeah well, that's pretty much all he does <laughs> yeah. and his brother um but yeah, you saw Dana was in the in the octagon at this one talking to Rory as well. He must be yeah. so happy with what's happened on this yeah. pay per view. I say, I reckon to Rory's gonna gonna have enough cash from this fight to sit out for six months. He's, well, he's, he's gonna be more than six months before he fights again. Yeah. Well, Dana White was saying this, this is the most promotion they've ever done for a pay per view. Yeah, and fuck, if they've got you know even a ten percent increase in viewership. The next pay-per-view is already sold because this main card was spectacular. Well, the thing is, they've been slamming um, Jose Aldo about pulling out and they had so much money in the line for this card. Jose Aldo has just made them about another three or four million dollars in ticket sales at the gate, at, at least, for the next fight because they made that plus more on this one. Like Dana said that after it got announced that Mendez was stepping in for Aldo, the ticket sales actually spiked and more people started buying tickets. So you can imagine the build-up that's going to have for the next actual Jose versus McGregor fight. So you've got this one out of all that build-up from McGregor and Aldo, plus the actual McGregor and Aldo fight. Yeah. Well, that, it's well, like a two-for-one card. The yeah. only question is, where are they going to fight? In Vegas. He's already said, definitely Vegas. Definitely Vegas? Yeah. All right. Fucking should have been in Melbourne. But that's a good <laughs> yeah. leading yeah. into the main event. The main event. So first thing about the main event is uh, the live um, walkout music. I don't think they've done this before. No, no, no. no. Not I remember. But um, Sinead O'Connor, first up, which, for starters, who would have thought you'd seen Sinead O'Connor in a UFC event? Yeah, well, Did- apparently I uh, uh, saw the correspondent, well, not saw the correspondence, but I heard Dana talking about it. And um, they asked her, they said, um, Connor said he wanted, wanted Sinead, and they sent her an email, got in touch with her or whatever, and they said, um, have you heard of the UFC? And she goes, nope, but I've heard of Connor. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's so she said, I'm in. And honestly... It- it was the vocal equivalent of bagpipes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. Bo- it got a lot of flack. Um, it was broken. It was wobbling. It was... Irish as fuck. Irish as she fuck. N- <laughs> did, she did need a pot in one hand. Yeah, you would, yeah. would have done with a, a nice pint. pint. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, probably should have walked off stage and fought someone as well, so... <laughs> you, you could see, like, that she was trying to um, get her earpiece fixed yeah. up, and so she was having trouble there. But I thought that as... Um, raw or as warbly it just suited the occasion yeah. perfectly and I, I actually I went onto Facebook to check um, Sinead O'Connor's um, official page to see yep. what she'd been saying or leading up to it and oh, I don't yeah. think she announced or anything like that She, but she did say something big's coming yep. and then she put up the lyrics for the song and the history of what the song was about and oh, the, yeah. the fighting and all that kind mm. of stuff and then the very next thing was what's this cunt doing on the front of Rolling Stone magazine which is <laughs> 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 Kim Kardashian and I thought jeez now I, I believe you but there would have been a lot yeah. of UFC fans who have gone to <laughs> check this seeing that's the next thing you put and gone yep she's alright I think she, I think she <laughs> like and follow I think she proclaimed that music is dead uh, after that that's cover. exactly what yeah. she said yep I think she knows because she just sang the obituary <laughs> um, and then um uh, for the, the Chad Mendes coming out with the, the country music um, I, I thought that yeah. um, Sinead won yep she definitely won I think that was the bloke from Stain who apparently sings country music now so really yeah I so, think he's on the go. Rogan podcast coming up so oh, really? so. oh that's right yeah I think oh, I'm they teed it up after that didn't they I would love to see Sinead on the Joe Rogan podcast Oh, geez, it'd be fantastic. You'd yeah, get... you probably a translator on that too. <laughs> She's got some strong opinions. Get Dom Herrera. A couple. I mean, uh, what's the verbal equivalent of tearing a picture of the Pope? 
I, I, see, I was thinking about that today. Um, I don't think it would be as controversial if she went on Saturday Night Live and tore a picture of the Pope these days. No. Well, not, well maybe this Pope, because this Pope's got a better reputation. But the last one, yeah, yeah. nobody would have cared. But even so, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, is that what he looks like? Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be bit too. I don't know, if the Northerners come down and firebomb him or something. Yeah. And last thing on that, I did see that uh, Jim Norton was thanking everybody for congratulating <laughs> yeah. him on his performance. <laughs> yeah. I saw that as well. I was thinking like Tim Gorman up there singing while he's... <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Bruce Buffer, on fucking game, was he? wasn't he? Even Connor cleared the octagon for him, got the cameraman out of the road, yeah, so yeah. give me stage. Which, which is good, because um, Connor wasn't doing it for the cameras, he was doing it for the people yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. His, little, his dance and warm-up and... You know, then the the big pose. Um, look, is he Rousey level? In terms of being over? Yes. It yeah. has to be. Yeah. Uh, I think he, he said that um, he him and Rousey are the ones leading the way. And, I mean, Rousey's... Hers almost sells itself kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas Connor is, is just taking it to that next level. Well, I think um, because they've got the Reebok deal and the um, champion shirts now, they can really... Uh, drill down the analytics of what shirt sells most. I would yeah. be shocked if Connors wasn't number one. Like even though Rousey is a, a better household name, Connor is the one who will sell merch. And, and he's obviously um, uh, newer to the game than, yeah. than Rousey mm. as well. And Rousey's doing you know movies and all that yeah. kind of shit. Um, I, I think that Connor's got always oh, you know uh, the next Ultimate Fighter yeah. coach. But there's a lot of big ticket items coming his yeah. way. And I'll tell you what, I've sort of drifted through tough series for a while and none of them really have stood out in mind, but seeing Connor on there, he is a showman. It's going to be fantastic. The last one I remember enjoying the coaches was um, Rashad Evans and Rampage, Rampage. Jackson. Yeah. Just because they're both hilarious. Rampage, just the shit he says is crazy. But um, this one, I think you're going to see the same sort of thing. Constant niggle, constant uh, ripping on each other and oh, it's going to be spectacular. Um, the other thing I loved was uh, before the fight, um, Herb Dean going through um, the, the instructions, and both of them had just kept talking. Yeah. And Herb Dean goes, all right, well, I've got to get through yeah, this. Let's just keep going. <laughs> They're not listening. It doesn't matter. It was a constant chat and niggle. And oh, it was like he was in a first slip in the Nash's test. He was but, just constantly... And it wasn't like it was a surprise either. No. Yeah, everyone yeah. knew this was going to happen. Well, even Mendes at South goes, you've got to give the man credit. He didn't stop talking shit the whole fight. <laughs> and you can see it all yeah. the way through. He's, he's commentating. He's saying, how about this? How about that? Oh, yeah. I, he needs to be mic'd up somehow. Yeah, exactly. Well, he did say it was a strategy uh, that he employed. And, I mean, it's, and not, it worked. it's not surprising because well, it's a pretty you know, standard strategy, really. For, for him. I think yeah. also it seems like he amps himself up with it. Like he's like, I'm about to come with the right. I'm about to come with the right. And then, you know, that's what gets him in that zone, the, the intensity. Gets him a bit loose. Gets him really fired up. Yeah. I, I think... Yes, it does, but I think it's it's him too. It's very mm. natural. I mean, even like yeah. all, all the stories about the bet that he tried to place with the uh, Fatigas. Yeah. Suddenly it seems like uh, they're lucky he didn't make that bet because he could have retired. Well, he's betting with their money anyway, really. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not like um, Floyd Mayweather, who you know puts on those million-dollar yeah. bets and takes a photo and tweets it and puts it on an Instagram. Yeah. He tried to do it on the sly. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be quiet about it. He didn't want the publicity. He wanted the money. Yeah, well, because he said, like, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but Dana put it out there. So, yeah, it was, it was actually $3.5 well, million. I did look, uh, picked the round with um, uh, Sports Tab. Yep. yep. Uh, Connor in the second was paying sixes. Six, yep, not bad. Yeah, so that's eight, right. Cool, cool idea. That, that is pretty good considering it's three and a half million in the pot already. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, oh, geez. That's a, that's a fair payday if you so could have found a bookie. Everything leading up to it, they finally ring the bell. First um, four seconds, I think Connor's um, plan is clear. 
Let's kill him with cardio. Yeah. He was, let's push the pace. Um, He's short notice or whatever, but he's a stocky lad. We're going full on flat out from the get-go. But ended up on his back in the first 10 seconds. Yeah, and he said afterwards, uh, his coach, I think it's John Kavanagh, I think that's what his name is, um, said that they shouldn't practiced and live round of wrestling the whole training. Said Connor had something, a niggle with his knee or something. Uh, yeah, he ended yeah, up back to full strength two weeks out or something like that. So he said he was concerned about it, but that's why they practiced the tip kicks just in the guts, just work yeah, on it. Just mm. keep the distance. Stab him in the gas tank, as he said. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, those takedowns, perfect. Oh, they were nice, weren't yeah. they? He, he lifted, grabbed the back of the thighs, turned the corner beautifully. Each one was different, wasn't it? Yeah, well, mm. the first one he almost fell into it, um, yeah. but you, know, you still got to do it. Um, but the other one's the textbook stuff. With authority. Yeah, it was a really nice turn of the corner as well. Just um, minimal effort. But the thing is, he made his takedowns easy. But then when he's on the ground, he put in an explosive effort for no result. Well, that first elbow. Yeah, oh yeah. That, that, one was, elbow, yeah, that was really nice, actually. Yeah. Um, and opened him up uh, and won the round. Yeah. I think he's had to be a bit smarter on the ground. Uh, maybe more patient as well. Um, you probably want to bet get Connor against the fence and then start doing that, not do it in the middle of the, mm. in the middle of the mat. He did also get a final warning for fingers in the face. Uh, I think he was guys. lucky to get that many warnings. To be yeah, honest, he got a lot of warnings. He looked like he was. Uh, the Goldie even mentioned it, mm. um, trying to cover his mouth. Yeah, which um, is a legit yeah. tactic. That's but is it a good tactic? It's cheap. And it's, it's, it's like toe stomps, more or less. Kind yeah, of thing. It, but the thing is, they saw gifts online, and I'll try and get it and um, put it on our website. I think it might have been off shirt or something, so I'll give him credit, whoever did it. But it shows a slow motion of him um, putting the fingers in the eye, but it looks like he's trying to go for the cut, put yeah. his fingers in the cut and open that up. Oh. And if it like slips into the eye, it's not such a bad thing, you know what well, I mean? But I mean, it looks like he's really trying to it. irritate the cut across the eyebrow yeah. just to make it yeah, nice and loose. To me, the hand over the mouth is like the uh, north-south belly smother. Um, it, it's, not- it's a tactic that can be mildly effective but it's it's cheap and uh, I, don't, I don't I don't think you're going to win even mildly effective I think is, is selling it yeah. too far I think if you can put a hand over the mouth you can punch them in the mouth oh, I've seen it, you know, a lot of them do it and then slip the elbow down yeah that one yeah. or they put the palm into the chin and then turn the face yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but with that and, and all the talking that Connor's doing and, and Chad's you know <laughs> but that's just what he's trying to do shut him the fuck up I, um, I, th- well, that's exactly I don't know strategy, if he yeah. was smiling and trying to talk back or if he was smiling because he was actually laughing Yeah, but it, I think that he, his tactic should have been shut your mouth and just just fight Yeah, because it, it was one of Connor's plans and it worked yeah. trick. having said all that um, Chad Mendes uh, won the first round I thought yeah. clearly yeah definitely definitely and when it got to the ground Connor um, was uh, had a clear plan was right, we'll, we'll stall it and then yeah. You know, we'll try and get it stood back up. I'll, I'll do my punches to show that I'm not laying dead. Yep. Because um, that can lose you too much. Yeah. But as soon as there was an opening, bang, back to his feet. So yeah. quick. Well, he, he looked comfortable in, in having uh, Chad in his guard as well. Um, uh, with not working that hard to try and get out, he was waiting for his opportunities. And I think that just allowed, well, he sat there and watched Chad work his ass off swimming, trying to yeah. land the occasional um, elbow. And watch him zap, zap all his energy. And then as soon as the situation was there, he'd pop back up to one foot. He might wear a punch on the way up, but you could expect that to go back to your feet. I was surprised that Mendes didn't try to pass guard. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm. Not enough. He's doing a lot of ground and pound from the guard and using a lot of energy. But when he did go to pass the guard, got through real quick. Mm. Yeah. And had he got there earlier and taken his time a little bit more, you know, who knows, maybe he could have at least got it to another round. But as it was, it just seemed like he realised that there was only a minute to go and then alright now I'm going to move well he did pass the guard at one stage in the first round and yeah. uh, and that was when Connor went right no, not, none of this shit he, he yep. looked when he was in guard he was calm waiting patient as soon as he passed guard it's like okay there's no pretenses here I'm in trouble let's move let's hit this way that way slippery anything anything out 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 
yeah. like back to garden the first time next time back to your feet and now yeah. okay let's go yeah this yeah. is where which is where I want the fight because it looked like you almost had him in uh, cradle where he had the wrong leg um, pinned so he could still post up on one mm-hmm. arm and the uh, bottom leg mm-hmm. which he did and then he got back up wore a punch and away they went um, the other thing I really noticed in the first round was Connor was combing his hair back a lot yeah um, yeah. needs to shave it or, or go back to the, the top the, knot or the something braids or whatever he's doing before yeah but uh, almost left himself open once or twice but yeah it was very noticeable he did yeah yeah and I think with this strategy against Chad Mendes I think he is much more confident keeping his hands a bit lower as well and uh-huh. being able to do that keep the distance because Chad's going for takedowns as he did and was very successful with them so well he does naturally keep his arms fairly low yeah um, maybe he's just want to keep it out the way of his mouth I don't know yeah, I don't know. Um, I think he's trying to invite him yeah. to, to a bit of a stand-up. Invite and, them onward, as they say. And to um, you know get ready to uh, stop the takedowns. Yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, at the end of the first, and they go to the stools, um, I thought it was great to see, uh, sorry, to hear what they were saying. Um, McGregor's corner is saying, he's tired, he's tired, he's ready, this is what's happening. Yeah. No doubt they lost the round, yep. but they were exactly where they wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. They ticked the boxes for that that uh, sort of round. So. See, every, everyone talks about McGregor's arrogance and confidence, but that game plan, well, it worked. It worked. Yeah, uh, he had it nutted out to the nth degree, and he, well, he won exactly the way he said he was going to do. And you know, maybe he's eighty million bucks richer. I don't know. And then they went over to the other corner, and you can see Chad. He's like, "Shit, yeah, Uh-oh. wow, that yeah. was a long round." Yeah. And even though that, you know, his corner said, you know, you do this, you got to watch for the left and it's there. You know, that's one round in the books. You, you won that round. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They knew they won that round. Yeah. You can see in chat, he's like, shit, I yeah. spent a lot of tickets to get that one. And you know that he's going to, like, at that point, you have to think that he knows this isn't going five rounds. Like, yeah, one I mean, way or the other. And so he's going to do his best to make sure that it's him coming out the victor. Well, he knows he's not going five rounds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and maybe that's why he didn't try and pass guard. He was trying to conserve energy, but... From inside guard, it's not quite as easy. Well, in the second round, you know, he got the takedown and spent a lot of time on top. Yeah. And you're right. He was um, throwing the odd elbow um, here and there and doing a bit of um, ground and pound, but not, certainly not a flurry. And it was definitely a resting period for him. Yeah. And, and he's certainly trying to set up guillotines as well, but just too loose. But even so, from the bottom, you did see Connor go high with his guard quite a few times and yep. squeeze the ribs a bit, which it's one of those small things that if you can't get a full deep breath in, you, you feel a bit starved of oxygen and it, it's the, a small thing but it adds up yeah I think he was also just trying to keep make sure he kept the distance yeah. um, he, from the guard he didn't want him to get um, too far through because um, he knows once he passes the guard it's, it is then it's real trouble yeah, he's trying yeah. to annoy him with some elbows too just to make sure that Chad kept busy like he wouldn't let Chad, Chad rest as soon as he tried to be still he'd put yes. his elbow or he'd look at the ref and go nah yeah. stand us up just so Chad always felt like onus on him had, to keep busy to do something. it was constant hustle yeah. and, and it was and, smart too asking the ref oh you stand us up and even Joe Rick's like what are you talking about he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's fighting he yeah. didn't expect him to stand up no, at all there's a reason why he's doing it so that Chad doesn't stop so that yeah. he keeps on putting in the effort and he has to keep spending yeah. those uh, petrol tickets and he did like I said smart um and Chad complained to Herb Dean at one stage about the elbows to the top of the head. Yeah. Because I guess they're almost a 12 to 6 elbow but yeah, from the bottom. About, well, yeah. the movement is 12 to 6, but as far as I'm aware, it was always from the top. From the top. Yeah. was illegal. But and even then, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think um, we've spoken before about why it's illegal is because some dickhead saw karate <laughs> yeah. dudes smashing yeah. um, ice bricks with 12 to 6 elbows. It's a stupid rule. But anyway. Um, it was uh, it was very weird, and then um, finally Chad passed the guard. It looked like the first attempt at passing the guard, yeah. um, hunting the neck, uh, it, uh, which is um, something that he does very well, 
and yeah. it was, became obvious that it's exactly what Connor was waiting for. Yeah, mm. he's it. It did it. seem like he grabbed the chin rather than his own hand. The chin strap's a, a good control, mm. um, but then you, the idea is to then pull it forward so you can get under it. Yeah, but it, you know, you got two guys who are pretty sweaty, blood slicked, and those gloves aren't great for that cupping sort of. Um, yeah, but as, yeah. as soon as yeah. Connor saw it, for, I think it was under for half a millisecond. But yeah. that's as soon as Connor goes right now, and then straight into the alligator roll, back to the feet, and gave you could see it very clearly. Gave a little nod. Yeah, you know, you, right. you won that four minutes. You yeah. know, there's nine minutes of this fight so far. You're two rounds. This, yeah, you can't win points in this round. Gave him a little nod and went, yep. And you see Chad's gone. I'm done. He's on the big, big <laughs> huff where you know, it was like the duck dance where your arms go. go. <sighs> yep. Mm. And you can see it in his eyes. Yeah. I'm finished. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. Um, and even like the punches that landed there were clean and crisp, but they weren't unpredictable. Like, oh, yeah. that, that last punch. You see it so often. Fighters who've got that last punch on, um, yeah. they clip them or whatever. Yeah. This one, it started from way back behind his left shoulder and just followed all the way down to the canvas. It was a fastball. Yeah. It was a pitch. It looked like um, Mendez was quickly checking if he could merge left or something. (laughs) (laughs) Quick look and, ah, shit. There we go. It's all right. Lie down there now. But this, you know, the final uh, 20 seconds is what Rory McDonald should have been doing. Not Mm -hmm. looking for that knockout, although Connor got it. Yeah. He knew exactly what was going on. Um, And I think Herb Dean stopped it three seconds too early. Yeah, which is a good, that. which yeah. is a good stoppage. Yeah, well, I, I don't think um, Mendez, if he's honest, would be arguing anything no, about that. No, of course not. He didn't argue at all. Yeah. No, he gave him his props and like I say, Herb Dean could have stood back in three seconds; it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Which means it's a good stoppage. Yeah. I, I think Mendez handled it a bit like uh, Poirier as well. It was just, yeah. just like fuck, really? He's he, he have to admit that he's good. Like shit. Yeah. But to his credit, he did go over to Connor straight away. Uh, what else can you do? Well, like, yeah. well, like Connor said, I just got that guy a house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> two weeks ago, he was just doing whatever. Now he's got a house. Yep. Mm, and Jose Aldo's $3.5 million poorer. Yeah. Well, he didn't make it. He's though. probably still not poor, though. No, no to he, be honest. He's still doing, doing okay. Right. Um, which, is, which is funny. And obviously, this is the absolute best result the UFC could have hoped for. Yeah. Um, oh, Connor doing exactly what he wanted. The two for one Connor Jose uh, payday. Yeah, even who knows when Jose is ready to fight. Yeah. I mean, it should probably still be this year. Yeah. yeah. But it, it doesn't matter. You've got now, that's in the bank. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. But all, it's like those all, tickets are already almost sold. You know? They're going to yeah. promote the shit out of it when yeah. it happens, but yeah. they don't need to because yep. it sells itself now. Yeah. They, yeah. They've done all the work. Yeah, it's like well, anything else is a cream on the top. This is the Iron Man movie, and the Avengers is about to come yeah, out. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you see Chael Sonnen afterwards on Twitter? <laughs> he goes, "That's my boy." Yeah, well, you've only got yourselves to blame, guys. You were the ones that rang him while he's trying to train. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, Chael actually released uh, Chad Mendez's phone number on Twitter because um, uh, Chad Mendez wouldn't get back to him about getting on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That was two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Fight. Well done. Yeah, yep. That's one way to do it. That old Chael staying in the in the talk. But on that with um, uh, Jose Aldo, um, I'm I'm also of the opinion that there should be no such thing as an interim title. Yeah, it's I'm just, the same. Yeah, just the title. I okay, think, you couldn't fight. Yeah, sorry, Ch- I mean, I I'm not in Dana White's camp, and I believe the injury. I don't think yeah, yeah, he, he's too. not somebody that's walking away from a fight. No yeah, matter exactly. who it is. He yeah. has dropped a, a, a Conor McGregor did mention that he has dropped out of I think five different fights based on um, camp injuries. Yeah, but I mean if you if you look at um someone like Cain Velasquez and that camp, they have plenty of pullouts and I yeah. think Jose said as well he's fought 
uh, defended his belt twice a year, every year, every year. WEC. Yep. No other champion. That, that's all you ask for. for he's defended as much as him. Yeah. Um, I think his record's exemplary. Yeah. I think, like I mentioned before, you walked in. Um, he. Um, oh, fuck, what was it? No, I forgot now. <laughs> I mean, he's done everything that's been asked of him. Um, and yeah. he, he couldn't make this fight. And, you know, all the controversy with the x rays and put it aside. I fully believe he believes he's the best fighter in the world. Yeah. yeah. Jose Alda. He's yeah. fought everybody that's come up. Yeah. Um, and he would believe that he could wipe the floor with Conor McGregor. Yeah. Just, just the same as Conor believes he can wipe the floor with Aldo. Well, we're going to get the chance. Yeah, and they will. But, I mean, if you can't make this fight um, and UFC says, well, it's a title fight, mate, you're now you're no longer the champion. Yeah, you're the number it. one contender. Whoever wins this fight is the champion. No interim belts. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's good marketing. Well, right? you, you can't have... If he does, like, Aldo's next fight is McGregor. It, it, it can't be anything else. You can't have an interim champion and a champion fighting someone else. against yeah. different people. Well, they've done it once before, but um, with um, the heavyweights. But yeah, I, mean, I guess technically yeah. Dana can do what the fuck he wants. He can put a chicken in there if he wants to. But yeah, uh, I just I just don't believe in the word interim. Yeah, me neither. And, yeah, it, it just sort of achievements a little bit. You know, I, mean, I just want yep. to see one, one belt and that's it. Um, and you've got to say, post-match, Connor was uh, unbelievably good. It was... Yep. Uh, the fight's over and he was just so appreciative he, I don't think he believed he'd get that, that much support yeah yeah exactly it, it's very hard when you try and play the role of the villain and they don't let you yeah the <laughs> fans don't let you I actually think he he was in that mode for so long that that was the first time he actually sort of realised what was happening yeah um, he was just so focused so determined uh, inside his own head that then he just realised, holy fuck, all these people are here for me. It actually, and it, it happened. He and actually I, did I it. I gave it yeah. to them. And it, even Rogan said it, wow, like he did, yeah, it. He did it. He actually did it. Yep. <laughs> and, and Rogan was pretty much speechless and he's seen it all. Like, yep. If you think, you know, MMA um, commentators who've seen shit, he is the number one. Yeah. yeah. And especially like you've, you've put all your, all your eggs in one basket talking that much trash. Yep. And everyone's just counting on that moment that you fall or fall flat. So to put that much pressure on yourself and to sort of, flourish in it is pretty amazing it's just it, it's the future yeah. yeah that's what we're looking at um and god knows how many t-shirts and everything they've put it on but yep. it, it's not about taking part it's about taking over yep. it's no, a beautiful line i actually don't like it i think uh they've laid off the whole ufc marketing department now um <laughs> those guys what? are unemployed you don't need them no <laughs> they got taken over that's why yep, they got taken <laughs> off <laughs> mcgregor's mates have just jumped in and they're going to be in training camp for all the other fighters now just all right here's the trash talk <laughs> so they've said the next fight's in vegas yeah. um which I, broke my heart to be honest yeah, me too. <laughs> i was really hoping because i mean He'd, irish love coming down to australia they love australia they'd feel eddie had fucking oath they would they'd feel the mcg they'd Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They drink Melbourne dry. They'd probably only sure. sell three tickets, but they'd fill the fuck up. <laughs> oh, my mate Paddy's got it. Oh, he's over there. But oh, I, I really wish that had have come down to Australia. It would have been perfect. Like, unfortunately, Gregor said he didn't want to. <laughs> um, which, Connor, why you do this? I don't know. You uh, can feel Wembley. I think it's the hole in the ozone layer. It's not good for his complexion. <laughs> <Not> for- <laughs> well, there was a whole bunch of Paleys on tonight, wasn't there? Yeah. 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 Not it's kind of built as the... Uh, Ireland well, it was really stone because all the ticket sales most of them over in Ireland so I'm guessing they would chuck them all in the car just give the interest yeah, in the locals well a lot of Europeans oh. and it was, it was the right time for them to fight too um, yeah. so they brought the Europeans out um, the fighters out here and the fucking fans followed you yeah, know, you need they? to listen they, yep. they, were, they were there they were there Jeez. so it's lucky they didn't run out of booze Imagine they ran out of beer I at say, the end of the fight. Somebody a month ago would have been smart to buy every Guinness truck in yep. the state yep. and just made a mint. Yep, exactly. Yep. Or <laughs> got robbed blind. You'd have been lined, lined up around the block like street cleaners. Yep. Oh, God. I, I, I don't think they've left Vegas since. No, I don't think they remember they went to Vegas. <laughs> the thing, where the fuck are we, Paddy? I don't fucking here. know, but there's a big fucking statue here. <laughs> Anyway, that was USC 189. Jeez, did it deliver. Uh, yep. You got your money's worth, especially if you got it for free. <laughs> All right. Um, I think that'll do us for our wrap-up of it. And it's good to be uh, to herald in the, the start of the age of Conor McGregor. Yep. Yep. We'll catch you guys next one. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.